You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Monday, November 13th. It's been a minute since we've done a Monday player of the game or player of the week show with my guy, Weston. Weston, how are you doing today? You know, victory Mondays are a lot easier and a lot better uh, than what we were growing accustomed to over the last month or so. So I am, while I've been sick as a dog for the last three or four days, it's my own fault. I played golf in the rain on Friday. But that being said, I'm I'm as happy as could be right now. Yeah, the 49ers had us going there for a second because, you know, obviously me and Weston have talked about the fact that doing these shows after a loss is always going to be tough. Like, we we know that. But then, like, then they went and lost three in a row. And it's like, do you know how hard it is, like, <laughs> after, like, <laughs> two losses to just, like, try to find anything positive? But we did it. We tried. But now we're back to our winning ways, or at least the 49ers are, and we have a great show to talk about it today. Man, against the Jaguars, week 10, 30, 34-3, it seemed like the defense got back to their old ways for sure. I wasn't so worried about the offense, Weston. I feel like going into this, I was like, okay, Debo's back. That should help. Okay, Trent can go. That should help. And I I, I had a feeling that the offense was going to look like the weeks one through five version of themselves. But the question I still had was on the defense, right? And I think the addition of Chase Young – I knew it wasn't going to be a silver bullet, but it certainly would help. But, of course, coming out of the bye, there were were a lot of adjustments, not just Chase Young, but a lot of other adjustments. One of them, uh, you know, Steve Wilkes on the sideline. I don't know how much that really impacted things. I do have to say, it was kind of nice to see his face on the sidelines with the players. I did kind of think him moving to the sideline was a little silly, but they did show him talking to the players uh, a couple of times on the broadcast. And I was like, you know what? Like, that's kind of nice. Like I, I get it. Like, (laughs) and I think for the players, it it meant a lot too. So what'd you think about the defense in this game, Weston and how they looked? My God. I mean, tone setting, you know, it was, that's the only way I can describe it. And it it happened early and often. Um, Just, you just, I don't know. It just looked different, like flying to the football, um, just like uh, amped out of the gate, like not starting flat footed. Like and we got to see it right away. Right. Because you win the toss, you defer to the second half and you're like, all right, let's put them out there. And I agree with you, Steph. I was not. I know the def- the offense has been puttering a little bit, but you got back some important pieces that you knew were going to make this thing go. Uh, a little bit smoother and you know Kyle had two weeks to try to get things right so at least this game you knew was you felt confident was going to look good you talked about like I feel like we've been watching a like a failing soap opera over the last like three or four months with just like all the what's wrong with the defense and the plot thickens and my god you know Wilkes has got to come down from the booth like that's going to change anything but you use the operative word the adjustments and more like the alignment, the positioning, were they going to play with confidence? And it just looked yeah. really obvious really early in this game that they were playing at a different level they've, than they've been playing all season, right? Like it just felt faster. It felt sharp. It felt like really just decisive at the end of the day. Like trust your read, 
go get the ball carrier, you know, and number number 54, Mr. Fred Warner started it off real early, like first play of the game, just like creating pressure, right? And and mm-hmm. flying to the ball. It was awesome. It was awesome. They looked great. They looked great on defense. And that's just exactly what we were used to seeing, right? Like out of this defense. So to us, it just looked like the same old 49ers. And I love it. Now, do you think that this version of them is really here to stay? Or is this just, uh, you know, because they're coming out of the bye week, because they made it? Because remember, they had a really good game like this against the Cowboys, right? Where they looked really good, everything clicked, and that then after that is when things really started to fall apart. So um, do you think they can keep this up? I do. Um, and the reason why I do is because they, I think they, you, you mentioned the Cowboys game and what happened thereafter, you know, for the next three consecutive weeks. So it shows you that, hey, like, you're not bulletproof. Stop reading your own headlines. Like, this is the intensity in which you need to play with if you are serious contenders for the rest of the season. And I, you know, toyed with this like all night last night, just thinking like, you know, do I trust what my eyes just showed me? Like, is this really what the 49, is this more of a product of the 49ers getting back on track or did Jacksonville just come off the rails? You know what I mean? Like I still, I still am not sure, you know, but it just felt like, listen, I mean, Jacksonville's no slouch of a team, a playoff team last year, won five straight games, averaging 27 points a game over that five, you know, week stretch. And then there you go. Three points, three points. And it looked like they were on the struggle bus all game long. And what I think is a little bit more reassuring about it, they were coming off their bye week too. So they had an opportunity to get healthy, to get rest up and, and plan for this superior opponent. Like your road, your home underdogs, and you've just won five straight against a team that's lost three straight, you know, the locker room material, the bulletin board material, it was all there. Right. And, and, and having the bye week and, and Doug Peterson, right. A genius having the time. And they just, it just never got going for Jacksonville. So that's the those are the little things that give me confidence that this feels like this is a sustainable level of play, given knock on wood, given everybody remains healthy, you know, on that side of the ball. If the 49ers like play their game and they look like this, it doesn't matter who they play. No one is going to be able to overcome that, at least not for a full four quarters. I truly believe that. And especially when the offense gets back to form, and of course, we already talked about it, injuries, of course, is a big deal with that because Trent Williams, Debo Samuel being back for the offense was huge for them. But we saw the impact of those guys being back. 49ers back to their 30-plus scoring ways. 34 points from the offense. And I thought Brock Purdy looked awesome in this game. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that in a bit. A little spoiler alert. But, <laughs> you know, he, he looked great and he he protected the football. I know there was a lot of uh, talk about his first touchdown throw, right, in, into uh, a bit of a crowd there, which I, I thought was a little counterproductive to his uh, – admission and I guess pep talk with the team of, of, Oh, I got to protect the ball. I got to, you know, be better. And then that being one of his first throws of the game, it was kind of funny, but you know, it, it turned out well crisis uh, averted. So yeah, I, I thought the offense looked great. A lot of guys got involved. It wasn't just a one man show. I think that's another positive here. So what are your takeaways 
on the offense after Sunday's showing? You know, I, I think Kyle was in his bag. You know, listen, they, they all played well. They all executed. Like, yes, you know, the right side of the offensive line is still sluggish. We get it. I know it. You know, you scheme uh, against it. But, you know, really good. Just di- you have a lot of playmakers. Just good distribution of the ball. Like, everyone touched it. Everybody contributed. Kittle found the end zone. Ayuk found the end zone. Debo found the end zone. Juice found the end zone. They desperately tried to find the end zone for CMC and came up just a, a little bit short. But, like, that's what happens when you have an embarrassment of riches. And it worked well, you know? And you talk about, like, of course, I'm screaming at the TV when Brock's making that throw to IU because that's, like, football one on 101. Like, you just can't. Unless your name's Patrick Mahomes, you probably really shouldn't make that throw or be comfortable watching your quarterback make that throw. But that's honestly, that's kind of ball that Purdy plays. Like he's not risk adverse. Like he'll take some shots. And you know what? Every once in a while, yeah, it's going to bite you in the ass. You know, this time, sometimes the ball just bounces your way, right? And it bounced their way. Um, But it looked looked good. It looked clean. It looked exactly like we saw for the first five weeks of the season. Like pick your poison. You want to take, you want to keep McCaffrey out of the end zone? No problem. We'll find another way to get in there. Yeah, absolutely. I I think so too. The the offense, you know, again, if if the defense looks like it did and they can hold opponents to 3 points, 10 points, whatever it may be, and the offense can score 30 plus. Like hello, that sounds like a winning formula to me. Um but Weston because it's a win and because it was such a great win for this team, I think we have a lot of lot of candidates for 49K player of the week. So sure without further ado, let's just get right to it. Some of the best performances of the game on Sunday. And I'm going to start with you. Um, who, who would you like to nominate first? I'm, I am thrilled to death to nominate this individual first. I'm going to say NB Smaller Bear, number 97, <laughs> Mr. Nick Bosa. Welcome to this the, the stat party that we've been waiting to throw for you. This show is all for you today, Nick. Um, no, it, it just looked good, right? I mean, he got home. He forced the, you know, sack fumble, recovers his own, you know, recovers it. Then you got, you know, he he – Deflected a pass, a couple hurries. I did lobby. He even for is the reason between pressure and getting to Lawrence and and wrapping him up from behind. Forced an interception in the middle of the game. He just impacted the game in every single capacity. And it this time it was there for even the most basic and simple of fans to see, right? For the world, right? Yeah. It showed up in every stat column, not just like pressures and hurries. Um, it was it was just there. I think this was his most complete tape um, for the 2023 campaign so far. So um, I, I couldn't wait to to shout 97 from the rooftops today. It was performances like this that I think put Nick Bosa on the map for Defensive Player of the Year last season, right? And I, I you know, I do want to give credit to Nick. So, but I do feel like part of this extra juice that we saw from him did have to do with uh, Chase Young. And Chase Young, you know, I'll be honest, he he isn't one of my candidates for this week, although I do, you know, honorable mention because I think the impact of him alone helps guys like Nick Bosa, like a Javon Hargrave, Armstead, anyone on this defensive line opens things up for them. 
And, you know, the both of them together combined for eight pressures. They each have four, uh, you know, Nick Bosa had one and a half sacks. Uh, they had a forced fumble in recovery. Uh, that was the one where they met at the quarterback. I mean, it's not going to be the last time that we see that. And they combined for three quarterback hits as well. And so I think th this is just their first game together in red and gold, right? Like we're going to see way more of this. And I thought it was really cool to just see like the interaction between those two. I mean, even, even before the game was played, we saw these clips of them at practice, you know, giving each other the helmet kisses and, you know, just like talking with each other, uh, always next to each other. Um, and then we, we got more of that on Sunday, uh, you know, just sitting next to each other on the bench, hyping each other up. Like you can tell it, it's kind of like I, I was just on a live with uh, Ashley Ariona and she said it perfect. They challenge each other. Sure. They, they challenge each other to be better. And I think that's that had a lot to do with Nick Bosa having this uh, reinvigoration out there on Sunday. And I think it's going to keep up, honestly. And whenever it's not Nick, I think it's going to be young. You know what I mean? So I think they're both going to be able to feed off of each other. I love the nomination for Nick Bosa. I hope there's going to be, uh, you know, more weeks like this to come for him and, and this defense, but it's a really good step in the right direction. And I think it just, it, it proves like why the 49ers felt so strongly about bringing Chase Young um, into this team to begin with. So uh, really yeah. excited about those two. Did he, real quick stuff. Did, did he play? Did you think he played more than you anticipated or less than you anticipated? Not quality of play, just volume yeah. of snaps. Um, I, I thought he would have a big role. And the reason being was because they had the bye week to kind of like acclimate him. Right. Yeah. So I, I did kind of expect, you know, he, he was going to start, he did. Um, and he had, a, I think as big as a role as I thought he would, um, it met my expectations. I would say I'm, I'm trying to find how many snaps he had because I did 35 out of 54. Okay, perfect. Cause I, yeah, I had bookmarked it. Um, yeah, and and so I I think that's about what I expected him to get, and so I think he'll he'll have even more snaps next yeah. week, right? I was I was surprised, right? I I didn't think he was going to get that much. I know like the bye week, the extra week, but like you know, not the easiest of defenses uh, to learn, and you are deep there, and you kind of want to like bring him along. I thought he was going, but it was just a pleasant surprise, like you said, like immediate impact and contribution not even up to his level, right? If you were to ask him and just, I just found it surprising that like he, you know, he missed 19 defensive snaps in his first game for, for this team. So I thought that I found that to be pretty awesome. And and I was saying to myself, like before the game, I was like, yeah, he'll have a big role, but I don't think they're going to do anything like super complicated. Not, not that like some of the things was complicated that they were doing, but I thought they were going to keep it simple. I was like, Nick Bosa is going to stay to his side. Young will stay to his side. They had these guys rushing from the interior. I know. Like, I know. what? Like, again, in, in the first game that Chase Young plays after, like, one week of being with the team, like, this is the kind of things that they're dialing up for both him and Bosa. So, I mean, a good sign of things to come sure. uh, for, for that duo there. Um, but all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Who you got? Nick Bosa was one of mine. So 
great. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go with Rock Purdy. <laughs> I mean, this is an easy one for me, quite frankly. It's it's low-hanging fruit. And I just got to give Brock Purdy credit for what, for one, what he's been doing this season, right? I, I think he's had a great season. And I think on, on Sunday, because it wasn't matched with some couple of interceptions, I think we can appreciate it a lot more. It also came in a 34 to three win, right? So again, we can appreciate it way more. 19 to 26, uh, 296 yards, three touchdowns, uh, a quarterback rating of 148.9. And look, I mean, he was able to get off the field early even because his job was done early. I, I think he just continues to show. And, and I think, like Kyle Shanahan, the way he calls plays for him shows that he has a lot of trust in him. And there's a reason for that. Right. I, I talked about it in, in one of the shows earlier with Ashley, again, it was second and inches on that throw that they uh, dialed up for George Kittle that went for the touchdown second and inches. Yep. Like we could, we could quarterback sneak that we can get Christian McCaffrey and just like, punch, you know, get us a couple inches. In like a couple years ago, that's what we would have seen. Just like, okay, let's just do a run play here. But we got Brock freaking Purdy now. And <laughs> I hear I I hear from Kyle Shanahan, he's a real deal. Um, so again, like clearly it just shows the trust that Kyle Shanahan has for Brock Purdy. Uh, the moment's not too big for him. Any any play is on the table, I think, at any given moment for him. So I, I do just appreciate that and, and what he's doing to, you know, uh, command the huddle. He has a lot of confidence out there. And I, I was just impressed. And I want to throw this nugget out, too. It, it has it, – it's not just about Sunday's game, but I wanted to throw this out from a tweet I saw. He's now started 18 regular season games, which would equate to a full season with the 49ers. And his stats are, uh, well, he would have a 68.1 completion percentage, 3,703 passing yards, 28 passing touchdowns to nine interceptions, 120 rushing yards, and three rushing touchdowns. That's a pretty admirable Hell of a season. Yeah, that'd be a pretty admirable like stat line for a lot of quarterbacks. And so I'm very appreciative of what the 49ers have uh with Brock Purdy right now. And I'm excited to see what he does for the rest of this season. Um, and if there's games like Sundays, it's gonna be another great season uh for Brock. It's it's crazy that you bring that up, Steph, about like, hey, now we have a full season's body of work. I mean for 49er fans, when's the last time you had a single season production totals like that from your quarterback? It's been a long, long, long time since you've had a quarterback reach those heights. And the most important stat there is his team that he leads is 15 and three over that stretch, right? Like, as if we're not counting the, well, I guess if we 18 starts, maybe we count the Eagles, whatever, 14 and four, 15 and three. Like, who's not signing up? for that and that that slate of games that he's played so far and i it's funny because during the game yesterday i had two moments during the game that were wtf moments right like first was his throw to iuk like what are you doing when that ball left his hands the other one was more about kyle like why on second and inches the way that this team is built 
is that the play call, right? And like, <laughs> what do I know, right? Touchdown, Kittle walks it in. Easy, but it just didn't feel like, again, that's not the play call that we expect, right? Like the 49ers are built on just get the first down. We'll take another four minutes off the clock running the football. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, clock control and clock management. That's That's how we kind of operate. But you hit the nail right on the head. The quarterback presents different opportunities that haven't been available to the play caller in the past. And he's just building a lot of trust in everybody around him, um, buying time, making those. If you go back to that touchdown to Kittle that you were just referencing, like, I mean, I literally like not only did I have a WTF moment because like, why is that the play call? I thought from my vantage point that he got hit in the elbow again, a la he did against the Eagles. And I'm like, here we go. UCL all over again, walked away from it. I mean, that ball was as from the pressure and the contact was as affected as a pass could possibly be. And it was still a dot, right? Like right in Kittle's hands walking in. And it's not what I'm most celebrating is like, like I, I I like Brock. Like I think he's, you know, I agree. I think he's a very cocky individual. Like like confident, not cocky. Confident. There's a reason why everybody we all call him BCB, right? Like he lets him hang a little <laughs> low and he plays a fiery <laughs> brand of ball. But the truth is, yeah. is like what I love most about him is how it affects Kyle. Because I do believe Kyle is the best play caller in the NFL, and he can just go further and further and further into the bag when you have trust in the quarterback, like nothing's off the table now. Push the ball downfield on second and one, right? When everybody thinks for the last five years, you're just going to run it down their throat. So it was awesome. If you were stat watching, it was a flawless game for him. There were moments, right? Like where you're like, oh, but every quarterback has those moments. By and large, another just great contribution to add to his already pretty stellar body of work over what amounts to now a a singular regular season. And I, I think he did great under pressure as well. I mean, that throw to Kittle was one great example. That was a hell of a throw given the circumstances of the pocket collapsing. Um, and he really didn't even get like a solid base on that throw to get that off. Um, but he was pressured a career high 50% of his dropbacks, but he threw for a career high 143 yards when pressured. And he was eight of 12 with two touchdowns on those passes. So uh, pretty crazy. And I also want to point this one out as well on throws 20 or more yards downfield. He was six for six, 163 yards and three touchdowns. I thought this was going to be a big like yak game for the 49ers. Yeah. And they made a lot of big plays, but it wasn't because of the yak. I mean, Brock Purdy was, was dealing. I mean, he, he threw, six passes of 20 plus yards. Right. So I, I think that tells you right there, um, you know, he he's capable of uh, pushing the ball downfield. And I think that's another strength, another wrinkle, another reason why can't, while, why Kyle Shanahan likes him so much and, and why he trusts him in those uh, key moments in the game. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the most important for me is just the bounce back right yeah um he he's been given every opportunity to just fold like everybody wants him to and everybody anticipates he will you know that's what the national media is talking about why are we not talking about the jet why are we talking about the 49ers why are we not talking about the jaguar like whatever like he's he's been given every excuse in the book to just be like all right maybe maybe i'm not that guy and 
he just comes out and keeps balling, you know, and, and just, I, I don't, he's just such a blue collar. I'm just here to do my job. I'm part of this team. I mean, it's hard not to like the, the he, kid, he's, you know? He spent, he spent the bye week on a farm. I know. I know. Like, what? He got a, he got a reset. You know what I mean? He was able to reset. I think like one thing that someone mentioned is, Hey, this is like the first time he's really had a break from that elbow, from that arm. Yeah since the season started or since he started throwing again. Right. Like, yeah. so he didn't throw the entire bye week and I think it, it gave his arm a, a good reset too. So I, I do appreciate that. But Weston, yeah. who's your next nominee for 49 K player of the week? I'm going back to the defensive side of the ball. You know, I always have a controversial one for you here, Okay, but I can't help myself on this because it's, it's, as much about the player and their performance as it is as to like what it did for the defense as well. Ambry Thomas. Mm. I, I, yeah, I know you once a, once a show Steph, you give me that look like, why do I invite this no. guy? I want to talk about the night. No. It was a good one. I get it. Like, when would you ever thought that we'd see this? Now he had the highest according to PFF. He had the highest cover grade, you know, for, for the game. He gave up two catches for 14 yards. Um, he had that big time force fumble that I'm still trying to figure out why it wasn't a defensive touchdown. Like I understand, like that whole confusion was like wild at, at that moment in time. But that was a big time spot with them going in, made a play. But here's the most important piece: Ambry Thomas being on the field and showing a little bit of competence means that Deamador Lenore can go find the slot, which means Isaiah Oliver finds his way off the football field. And that alone, so long as Thomas can hold up a little bit, that changes the it changes the defense. It changes, it changes the complexion of the defense. Now, I know on tape it's going to look like Lenore's getting toasted throughout like this game, but the truth is I challenge anybody to go play slot corner in the NFL. It is literally the hardest thing in the world to do, right? Like where these guys can run all over the field. But if they found even a little something there that allows Demo to slide in and you have a more a better tackler closer to the line of scrimmage, a more physical player who can get up and is not afraid to try to jam that slot receiver and even out the competitive advantage a little bit, it's a big deal. And candidly, it's the best game he's played since the, the play-in to win game against the Rams in 2021. Yeah, I mean, look... I I wasn't uh, look if you weren't gonna vote for uh for Amber Thomas Weston I I was going to yeah because I, <laughs> yes! I thought I thought he had a good game look this 49k or 49k player of the week thing is a week to week award of course and in week 10 Amber Thomas played a really good game all right now that doesn't that doesn't uh, change the fact that he has struggled in the past. He has shown us some good games in the past and then followed by like a bad game and then a bad stretch. And then he ends up getting benched again. Like this is kind of like a cycle for him. Sure. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, 
well, Avery Thomas is going to change and, and transform this defense because he's emerged once again. We don't know that. We don't know that, right? He had a good game. He had a really good game. We're uh, talking about week 10 of the NFL season. 10, Avery Thomas played 10, a good football this, game. This week, uh, yeah, I know. Randy, like, Randy's not ecstatic about this, and I get no. it. I get it. Like, Avery <laughs> um, Thomas, it, it feels weird to even mention him here, but – he had a good week 10 game. We got to give credit where it's due. He had a 82.3 PFF coverage grade. That was the highest on the team uh, in week 10 against the Jags. He allowed just 14 yards. He had the force and completion, no touchdowns allowed. He also had the, the fumble uh, touchdown, which would have been a, a touchdown had, you know, there not been, uh, too many people, people just on walking the on the field. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> let that play end. But I mean, I I think given all that, we we have to have to give him his flowers here, and so I I like it. I appreciate it, and hopefully he can keep it up. All right, but for week ten, I'm I'm it really worked. happy for yes for week ten. It worked. Um, I think it was good that the 49ers just try to make an adjustment there, and again, yeah. like. Maybe it doesn't work out long term, but they tried it out, right? I I like that. And I guess Shanahan spoke uh, before we went live. He spoke with the media today and said that the 49ers will continue to look at both Lenore and Oliver at the nickel spot on a week-to-week basis based on the matchup. Remember, that that's what they said at the beginning of the year. And then yeah. it kind of like fizzled out and it became all Isaiah Oliver. And we know how that went. No. So maybe like, I don't know if they're trying this thing of, well, the opponent doesn't know who's going to be out there. So, <laughs> so maybe we'll just surprise them. And, and maybe that's how uh, one of these guys will look good. They're, they're playing the shock and all game, right? And they're guessing you don't know who's going to be out there. <laughs> I mean, because that's kind of that's kind of how Ambry Thomas has looked good, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's Spot why play. the following weeks, like, oh, it's Ambry Thomas. Like we know we know how to <laughs> we know how to target this guy. And then it kind of he fizzles out. Um, so I don't know. I'm hoping it's different this time. I'm hoping, but listen, th- th- your job as a defense uh when you play in the defensive backfield gets a lot easier when you got when you're pressuring the quarterback, right? <laughs> like it, it's yeah, it, it simplified yeah, too. the process. The ball comes out a lot quicker. So yeah, it, it's complimentary. So um that that's a good one. Who you got Amber Thomas. We'll we'll give it to him. All right. Um so Amber Thomas was one of mine. We already talked about Nick Bosa. We already talked about Brock Purdy. This is my last one, uh, Weston, because like despite the win, I didn't want to just like hand out nominations, you know, you know. I I don't know. You get an award. Uh, you get an award. Everybody yeah, it's, it's gets like, an award. You, know what? you did your job. Thank you. Congratulations on that. Yep. Um, get paid. But I want to say Javon Hargrave. I want to yeah. say Javon Hargrave because I think Along with, I keep saying reinvigorated uh, in describing the defensive line this week for the 49ers. And the reason is because, like, I think we saw a lot of guys who we know are good, like, just have a good game. Like, they just came out with the juice and they and they were back to looking like themselves. Javon Hargrave being one of those guys. I mean, he had four tackles, um, one and a half sacks, a tackle for loss. 
this is the type of performance that I think we were missing from Hargrave for a minute. Like he had been kind of MIA in the interior for some time. And I think again, with the addition of maybe the addition of, of Chase Young helping him out immediately along with some of the adjustments that Steve Wilkes, you know, made during the bye week Right. Or maybe it's just like extra effort. I I don't know. It could be, all of those things combined. But I, I really liked what I saw from Javon Hargrave. That is a type of disruption up the middle that the 49ers need. And, I mean, we saw the results. We saw the results of this, this defensive line um, getting back to form. And I think Javon Hargrave had a huge hand in that on Sunday. Yeah, I can't agree more. I, I think a lot of people were starting to sour on the, the Hargrave signing just because it hasn't he hasn't yielded the production you saw in Philadelphia. But in Philadelphia, like let's not forget he was lining up next to Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and Hassan Reddick on the outside, right? So he was just one body that they had to account for, and their focus was like everywhere. And with this defensive line floundering a little bit over the last few weeks, you know, you, you pick and choose who you were gonna um, you know, you were going to take out of the game and it felt like 98 was definitely somebody that teams were focusing in on, on double teams, et cetera, just to minimize his impact. But now you got all this quality on your edge. The easiest way to combat edge pressure is stepping up in the pocket, right? Like they're taught to rush to a spot, pin your ears back and get seven yards deep in that backfield. The quarterback will be there waiting for you. Don't go chase the quarterback, but you step up. But when Hargrave's playing his best and he's driving back those offensive linemen into the lap of, and you saw it multiple times with Trevor Lawrence, that offensive lineman caving in, you know, back into him. It's like you can't step up, not let alone step up to throw the ball. You can't even step up to get out of the pocket. Now you're sidestepping and oh, Bosa's there, right? Oh, Armstead's around on a stunt. It just looks different. The Rams defense was so successful for so long because Aaron Donald completely dominated the interior of those offensive line. And that's like a lost art. Like there's just not as many of those people out there in the league. And Javon Hargrave is one of those, right? Who is just natural at creating pressure up the middle. So when he's doing it, it's going to look really good and it's going to bode really well. For, for the defense overall. And honestly, he's not even more often than not, he's not even going to be the benefactor of it, right? It's going to be yeah. young. It's going to be feral. It's going to be Bosa. Like those are going to be the ones that, that clean up, you know, and you love, you love when the big guy get gets home anyway and gets to, to do his sack dance and, and celebration. But yeah, I thought, I thought arguably yesterday he played quite possibly his best game of the year as well. Yeah, I think so too. And Want to see more of those performances. But like I said, Weston, that was my last nomination. But as I understand it, you had several more than I, I did, can't, right? I can't you, lock you. You were loaded. handing out the flowers. I, you um, know, like the bachelor. So I <laughs> like, so who else you got? I was inviting everybody to the Oprah Winfrey show and making sure everybody got a statue to go home with today. Um, I'm only going to do one more. I, I I could go, but you know, I'm, I'm excited. Like we finally won yeah, a game no, in a little I, while. Like, I love it. You know how hard work this no. was to do like to, you know, do, through losses and find the silver lining. Cause they were, wasn't much, but I'm going to throw George Kittle into the mix again. Um, yeah. Look, three catches, 116 yards, a touchdown. We know what the touchdown looked like, et cetera. What often gets lost is what he does in the trenches as well. Behaving like that sixth offensive lineman more often than not just plays a physical brand but here's the most important piece we've now seen this a couple times 
how different the offense looks when he is involved, you know, when he's getting multiple touches and you get him involved early in the game, get him a look here, get him a look there, let him do his first down flip, feeling good about himself because I promise you he's going to go pancake the next guy he's blocking when he's all fired up that way. He made one catch where he took a big hit, like a big hit. And I was like, my goodness, like – here we go, you know, and, and back in, let's, finish let's the game. Let's not bring the hospital balls back, please. I know. I thought we got rid of that. Um, although that wasn't as blatant. It was just like, hey, you guy had to go up and make a like a play, and he got pelted for doing it. Thank God he hang, hung on to the ball. But I just, as good as Ayuk is, as good as Debo is, as fantastic as CMC is, I think what is missed is that this offense really hums when the tight end is involved. And evident, like, there you go. He didn't even have to be all that involved. He just had big impact plays. Every one of his catches went for either a first down or a touchdown, right? Like, that's that's what you want. That's what we expect from George Kittle. Yeah, I, I think so, too. The reason, okay, and I, and maybe I'm being nitpicky. Maybe I'm just being, like, kind of tough on on these guys. The reason I, I didn't nominate George Kittle is because – most of his yardage came on the touchdown play, which I give more credit to Brock Purdy for sure. the throw than I do George Kittle the catch. That being said, George Kittle did have a great game. And I think especially when Debo was out, they were kind of forced to rediscover Kittle and what he brings to this offense. And I'm glad that even with Debo back, he he was a mainstay right like he he was still involved and by involved like we're not talking about you know five plus targets like i think he only had four he only had four targets in this one but and then three catches right but what he's able to do with that as you were saying impact he he brings impact to this team he's 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 doing more with less and that is exactly what the 49ers need. And I also like it because it kind of throws the opposing defense off balance a little bit because everyone talks about the fact, well, you have all these guys you have to account for. But at the same time, they were very – the 49ers were seldom – seldomly? Is that a word? Or is it just very seldom? Seldom, seldom, seldom. <laughs> they were very welcome to seldom. our English lesson this evening yeah, as there well. We go. <laughs> you know, weekly. Um, they were seldom throwing the ball to George Kittle, even you know, given that fact that they had all these weapons. Yep. But then you throw them in there, and that's why you're seeing these big impact plays because it kind of throws the opposing defense off kilter a little bit. At least I think. I mean, it's it's a little less predictable, and. I mean, again, he's doing a he's doing a lot with less. So I I love it. I, I love George Kittle for that. And also a lot of what he does, it goes unnoticed because a lot of the times he's doing things without the ball in his hands, right? That a lot of us don't see. You don't you can't quantify that. There's no box score for that. I'm not just even talking about like just pass blocking only either like there's run blocking too that he's great at and so there's a lot he's doing every single week that I think goes unnoticed um 
And so, yeah, maybe I was a little tough on him for not nominating him, but I do appreciate Weston, you bringing him up. I know a few people in the chat, uh, you know, we're, we're calling for him to get nominated too. So George Kittle, one I of just my nominees. This is but like him building momentum is, is uh, a good look for the coming schedule. I think there's an opportunity for him to produce against Tampa Bay. We know he always performs well against Seattle. You got two, two out of your next four games are against them. And you just want that. You got want that guy in rhythm. You want your quarterback and your tight end in rhythm. This is in 2018 where he's the only target, right. com, com, you know, competent target on the offensive side of the ball. You mentioned less with more. Well, with the playmakers you have around, you're going to get less. So please do more with it. And that's how you'll get more. <laughs> yeah. Is the way that exactly. I look at it, you know, but I, yeah, I, I, I digress. I like no more, no more nominations tonight. Okay, no more nominations, but we have a solid list of nominations, and I just want to make sure. Uh, okay, yeah, we got them up on the screen. So while me and uh, Weston continue chatting here, make sure you drop uh, your vote for 49K Player of the Week. This is where you guys get to make the decision. Um, and I have my you know notepad here where I keep track of the votes. We're very so I do want to shout out really quickly though James Kirk, who uh for the $20 donation, he says all of my favorite content creators get a Levi's 24 ounce domestic beer today. Victory Monday, let's go. That was a complete team win, James said. Although I still sweat bullets when Mooney lines up. Hey, I I do too, man. I I totally feel that. But you know, Moody or Mooney, uh, he meant to say Moody. Moody had a, a fine game too. I mean, he had some close ones that, you know, made it interesting, but he right. he hit all his kicks. They don't track how close the kick was, only that it goes through the uprights when all said and done. But you know, James, that's awesome. Uh for your for your donation to what Steph does here. She works her tail off. So I know she's appreciative. That being said, I get, I still get nervous when Moody goes out as well. Like there's just no, no, no way around it. Steph, you got anybody or I mean it's hard when you're coming off a win, but is anybody in your doghouse? You know, it's not it's not that it's hard. Like there's sometimes where the game, I mean the players the team will win and I still feel like there's room for improvement or there's one guy who didn't really hold their weight. This is one of those games though, where I did really feel like they like everything was just working well and everything was clicking. I, I don't feel like I saw anyone not have a good game, quite honestly, you know? So Given that, I I don't have anyone to put on notice this week. Do you? I do. Um, and it's somebody that I've been calling out more than I want to on your show. Uh -oh. But like, but it's Dre Greenlaw. He still just looks oh. lost to me. Like he's not like we know Dre to be this punishing tackler, right? Like, and he comes with bad intentions. And I think he's still coming. I just think he's I just like they're just he's either hurt. Or he's really lost in this defensive scheme. He just seems a little out of position, over-pursuant. Now we're seeing, like, arm tackles, right? Like, where normally I'm worried about, like, oh, my God, he's going to helmet to helmet this dude in the worst way, and it's going to be ugly. It just – I don't know. Like, I'm just, like, growing uncomfortable, like, watching him, like, where I feel like he, he's 
he's almost becoming a liability at times. And this is where you can't stat watch, right? Because you're going to see he led the team in tackles and you're going to see a lot of things. But like, just if you have the game recorded, if you have a subscription that lets you go back, it doesn't have to be all 22. Just watch a little bit of the first half and just every defense snap, just look at 57. Don't look at anything else. And it just, I don't know. Like, it just kind of stands out to me that, like he he's there, he's healthy, he's on the field, and you know while he's figuring this out, I still rather have him over a plethora of other off the ball backers. You know, it just feels, I don't know, it just doesn't feel the same, right? Like, I, I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like he's he's just offbeat, and he's just been offbeat. And again, I don't know. If, I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if he's just struggling with the concepts, if he's injured, right? And he's trying to overcompensate for the injury. There's there's something amiss here, and I can't put my finger. Um, on, on what it is. Yeah, I mean, definitely during the losing streak, uh, Greenlaw as well as even, you know, Fred Warner was was struggling out there and they were having uncharacteristic yep. uh, performances, which, you know, aided the losses, right? And I was kind of attributing it to injuries that, you know, Dre Greenlaw had he had the bio he was still out there so it's not yep. like he was hurt enough to not be out there that being said he had the bye week to you know get back on track get a little bit more healthy closer to 100% you know they say you're never fully 100% uh once the season gets going but as close to it as uh, you know i would hope and think he would be I didn't really – so, again, I, I was watching the game on my phone because I was, like, I was not home. And so maybe I didn't catch some of the things you're talking about, uh, Weston, because I didn't really notice him in, in that way. Like, I thought he was still making some, you know, good tackles out there and whatnot. So maybe I just need to watch it again and no, watch the no, 22 no. I, and, and pick up some – this is why I love these platforms and, and please leave Melissa's comment up right now while we're talking about it. Right. Cause I think we all watch football and why it's so great to have a partner in crime to do these shows and not just preach a singular opinion is we just all see things differently. Right. Like that's yeah. why who's the better quarterback is always going to be a debate, right? Like who's the better, you know, linebacker is always going to be a debate. Right. So, I'm just saying what my eyes are telling me that even if it is an injury that is slowing him down, then why are we letting him go out there? You know what I mean? Like, it, like, yeah, he might be, Hey, I can play. Okay. But like for anybody who's, you know, played sports or done anything where they're not a hundred percent version of themselves. Like sometimes you have to have that conversation with yourself. Am I a liability or am I an asset? Right. And I don't know. I'm not I'm not calling Dre Greenlaw a liability. I'm just telling you the 2023 version of Dre Greenlaw looks a lot different than the 2022, 2021, even the 2020 version of Greenlaw. It just, just looks different. That's to me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, oh, no, that that's fair. Um, and I'll I'll try to pay more attention to it when I watch um the week 10 game over. Uh Look, since I personally didn't have anyone to put on notice, I did want to shout out someone who I didn't put up for uh, a nomination for 49K Player of the Week, but that I do think deserved some flowers and, you know, an honorable mention here. Uh, well, Melissa says her pick was Trent Silverback Williams. I mean, the 
certainly his presence was felt. Mine is also on the offensive line, though, as far as just like uh, the honorable mention. And I'm going to say John Feliciano because he had to go out there, play left guard. It does help when you're next to Trent Williams. I do understand that. Uh, so I do think that helped him out. But he had a great game, I, I thought, you know, given that he was largely a question mark coming into this. I mean, we didn't know how he was going to perform with this offensive line. Uh, PFF gave him an 81.7 overall grade, um, and he was he only gave up a hurry and a pressure, and, and that was it, right? On the other hand, Trent Williams and Colton McKivitz each gave up four pressures. Uh, Trent, of course, now went 100%, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and I admire that Trent, you know, wanted to be out there so badly. And I'm glad to hear that he didn't have any setbacks um, coming out of that game. But John Feliciano, uh, honorable mention, while he's not one of the candidates here uh, for 49K Player of the Week, just wanted to uh, say that I appreciated uh, his performance. Yeah, I I mean, dude played great, wasn't a liability, you know, obviously everybody was concerned because Aaron Banks has just been having a really quiet, really solid, stellar 2023 campaign so far. It's another one of these things that, um, yes, Melissa, I would agree with that, both of them, to be honest with you as well. But so you she mentions Burford. Okay, Feliciano playing well, Banks pumps back. Does that mean, hey, Feliciano, do you go to right guard? Right? Does that change a little bit of the complexion on the right side of the line? It's just... It's really cool and really opportunistic for the 49ers that because of some injuries, are they figuring out little different wrinkles that could be difference makers for them on this back half of the season when the schedule is going to get real tough? And as of week 10, maybe Feliciano is one of those, you know, maybe he's that offseason acquisition that nobody really cared too much about. And then all of a sudden he's going to be part of a playoff run. Don't know. Yeah. I, I like the thought of it. I mean, in Kyle Shanahan, before we went live, spoke with the media, and they did say Colt McKivitz, who got um, you know his leg rolled up on, is day to day. So to your point, um, Weston, like maybe we I don't know who would would play you know right tackle could be Matt Pryor. Uh, yep. They also have Jalen Moore, although Jalen Moore has mostly played left tackle, so usually you don't. You don't want to switch um, guys who have only played one side, but you know, it'll Wasn't be Burford interesting. A tackle if, in college. Wasn't Burford a tackle in college? I think so, but I don't think they like him there. No. At, you know, but, um, who knows? I mean, you don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Got to try something. Right side yeah. is, is. Yeah. The right side yeah. is. I think we often forget about the right side just because I think Brock Purdy can mask a lot of their deficiencies um, at the end of the day where, you know, what they're doing and pressures they're giving up kind of become non-issues. But in the grand scheme of things, it is an issue. And while it might not be an issue, you know, in week 10, it could be an issue in week 13. It could be an issue in the playoffs right so definitely something to consider and you know yeah finding new wrinkles new guys who can potentially give you a boost there is not the worst thing in the world right so Feliciano one of those guys who I think you know did a fine job 
And uh, yeah, we'll see if Colton McKivitz could go on Sunday. It's Monday now, so there's there's a lot of time sure. uh, for him to make it for next week. But you know, just something to keep an eye on. But all right, guys, you guys have voted, and with a resounding four votes uh, for Brock Purdy compared to George Kittle's two, um, Brock Purdy is our 49k player of the week this week. And no one else on the list even even got a vote. So it was Purdy and Kittle the whole way. Purdy, as I expected, you know, I I was thinking about it and I was like, man, I don't think there's anyone who deserves this more than Brock Purdy this week. So congrats to Brock Purdy for being our week 10 for tonight. No vote for Bosa? Not a single one? Not a single vote. Well, actually, like Weston, I mean, me and you didn't vote. You want to give a... Your vote I, to I, I'd vote per, I'd vote Purdy. So I think I think, <laughs> yeah, I think the wood is the I right thought, hands. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what I thought. So actually six votes uh for for Brock Purdy. Um and so yeah, that was a that was a great performance and the type of performance that this team is gonna need from him, you know, week in and week out if they're gonna continue to be this dominant force in the league. But that's, I mean, that's pretty much our show for today. And again, me and Weston are just happy to be talking about a win once again and having a lot of guys who we're excited about, um, you know, their performances. And I appreciate all of you guys that tuned in because I I could feel your guys' excitement and energy through these comments too. You guys are also excited about the win. So let's make sure the 49ers can keep it going Um but make sure you like this video if you have not yet. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, not just my channel, but also Weston's. And Weston, do you want to plug your channel's name really quick so everyone knows where to go and where to find you? Yeah, so on YouTube, it's called We're Talking Football. I partner up with somebody. We talk a lot about all the NFL. I cover a lot about the 49ers. That's going to change, but that's what it is today. Steph's been helping me do some things, but be on the lookout for some some updates related to that. But as of this conversation today, it's We're Talking Football. Yep, make sure you check that out. Weston's one of my favorite weekly guests, so um, he does great work. You guys got to subscribe to his channel as well. Um, But I appreciate all of you guys. Make sure you have a great Monday and a great rest of your week. I'll be back live tomorrow with Bully Ball in the morning. But for now, peace.